You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Linz, what do you got? Well, guys, tickets went on sale today for the big Power Trip Festival in October. And if you guys haven't heard about this, it sounds like it's pretty awesome if you're a big fan of rock. Uh, Guns N' Roses, ACDC, Ozzy Osbourne, Metallica are just among some of the acts that are going to be playing. And it'll be held October 6th through 8th at the Empire Polo Club in India, which is home of Coachella. Tickets for the festival went on sale this morning. So if you want them, go to powertrip.live. And they also have like hotel and VIP packages but it's going to cost a lot of money because the cheapest general admission wristbands are $649. Whoa. Yep, and that's like that's like 20 bucks more than but like he, he, here's what I would say. I think that's smart and here's why. If you are a fan of Guns N' Roses, Iron Maiden, ACDC, Ozzy Osbourne, Metallica, the Tool, right? All those bands you're definitely at the very least in your 40s, okay? So you have the discretionary income to say, I'm going to do one rager for the year with my pals and be like, yo, let's go! This would be the epic bras trip in your 40s or 50s. Yes, so I get the pricing. Like, these, the people you are you are trying to get to come in here are people who have discretionary income. And if you, I guess if you break down those concerts... Like six per person, yeah, six fifty yeah. divided by five six starts turning into like a hundred bucks a show, right. which is about, about what you're paying. Yeah, it's about what you pay to see Guns N' Roses yeah. or Metallica, Iron Maiden, ACDC individually. Yes, yeah, maybe not. Iron I mean, Maiden. I'm trying yeah, to see <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne. Like, can that guy like still perform? Or didn't they have to like cut him short when he did that one halftime show? Like opening at the weekend, Super Bowl? yeah, or whatever at the, yeah. the NFL game. Yeah. yeah, they didn't even show. Him yeah, so the Ozzy part of it feels very <laughs> let the buyer beware. Yeah. <laughs> But Ozzy's going on Saturday night. Friday night, Guns N' Roses. It feels like, well, ACDC, I'm sure, is probably still pretty good. Metallica on Sunday. Tool. I think Tool's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a big, that's a Let me see show. what the VIP packages are going for. Let me see that. Let me see if they've got pricing on that. I mean, that's in your contract for like literally any event ever you get the VIP. So. Hold on. VIP packages. Let's see what those look like. I mean, the reality is... I Cap- wouldn't go this anyway, but I mean... Cappy not- could probably get us all oh. in VIP, Oh, correct? yeah, I'm sure no. he could. Oh, yeah. No, he wouldn't. Listen. He would try to get himself in, and that's <laughs> he it. He would say he would. Okay, Cappy's right. All tall. He didn't even take his daughter to the Final Four. Oh, wow. Yeah. He went with Rachel. Rachel? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a private jet. By the way, when I went to the Final Four and ran into Cap... Or I, I was walking down, so I was two row, or two sections away from Cappy, so at about 20 rows up. And he was in row two, and he was uh, probably just to the left of midcourt. So I was just to the right of midcourt. And I go there, and I'm walking down the steps. This is a football stadium, so it's a long way down, right? And I see Rachel, and I hug her, give me a hug. I'm like, where's Cappy? She brings me down to him. She leaves. Cappy and I were there talking for like 30 minutes. Rachel was nowhere to be found after that. (laughs) I did not see Rachel again. until She gets so many opportunities I'm not going to say to talk to Cappy. I'm going to say to hear Cappy talk. Yeah. That she's probably just like, I'm out when yeah, I can be she out. Could, she could yeah. use the buffer. Yeah. 
You're That's the fair. buffer. Yeah. Power Trip Live. All right. Powertrip.live uh, if you want to go to that concert. Great job, Lindsay. That is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. All right. So if we look at the playoff picture right now in the Western Conference, the Lakers are at the seven spot. 30% chance of getting into that top six. So Phoenix is playing tonight against Denver. We don't know yet if they're playing all their guys. But my because guess, they have a back-to-back tomorrow against the against Lakers. Against the Lakers. My guess is they're at least going to play a half because they need the continuity yep. with the group, particularly on defense, as you pointed out yesterday. Yeah. I mean, I if I were Monty Williams, I would play everybody for at least a half both games. Right. Especially if you don't think the results matter, which right. for the Suns, they really don't. The, it doesn't matter what happens in the second half, but the reps do matter. So yeah. I would try to split the baby between getting these guys more time together right. and preserving health. Yeah, I'm curious to see. I follow a couple of the Suns beat writers, so I'll, I'll just kind of keep an eye on Twitter and see if I see anything. But I, I am curious to see, because what time is that game? That game is 7 o'clock. It's on TNT. Oh, so it's the second game. Yeah. Okay, so we'll know. We'll start to see things leak out in about 25 minutes yep. about lineups. Okay, mm-hmm. so but we're about 25 minutes away, because then we'll know what, you know, I mean, I don't know about no, but we'll, we'll have an to, idea. We'll be able to decipher something. I mean, I'll yeah. say this. If all those guys don't play tonight, then they're definitely playing tomorrow. Like, I'd, or I guess maybe they're just sitting them out for the rest of the season. I guess it's possible because they're pretty locked into four, correct? Yeah. I mean, they're three and a half behind Sacramento, which is they can't get. And they're, I mean, technically they're... They're two only two and a half on the Clippers, and they have three games left, so they could technically be lower than that. But if they win one game, they're locked in. Right. Yeah. So that's the thing. If you're the Lakers, you actually want them to win tonight because then there's a decent chance they they rest guys. Even if they don't rest them the full game, they will rest guys beyond that. Yeah. They, so you want them to be Denver tonight. Absolutely. I saw uh, Trevor Lane over at Lakers Nation. He said Laker fans should be rooting for Phoenix to win in quadruple overtime. Right. Like, that's what you want. You just want them tired out. Right. But you want them to win. Because if they win, they'll start to sit guys to some extent. But if they lose, then they got to play guys tomorrow. Maybe, or at least for a half. And if you're worried, you worry about the damage that Booker and KD could do in a half, giving their team a cushion into the second half. Right. So that's, that's the status of the... Playoff positioning. So Lakers in seven. New Orleans is tied with them, but they have they have the tiebreaker. One of the few teams the Lakers have the tiebreaker on them in Golden State. Well, they got they also have the tiebreaker over OKC too. Uh, well, right, but they're not within strike. I mean, they're I mean they're three games back, so I don't really count them at the moment. Is it three? Now? It's so hard yeah. to keep up with yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, it's so. Yeah, but difficult. Minnesota is only a game back, and they have the tiebreaker right. on the Lakers. There, there. It would take a lot for the Lakers to fall below eight. Yes, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, nine is not out of the realm of possibilities. Out of the realm of possibilities, but, but a lot has to they happen. They would have to lose the next couple games. Right. They would have to lose to a Utah team that, my God, if they don't get their acts together after what they did well, Tuesday. Actually, if here's the thing. If Minnesota wins out and the Lakers lose one of the next two, Minnesota is going to leapfrog them because <sighs> they have the tiebreaker. <sighs> so it. that's what I'm saying. Like You got to win both. When in doubt, win.
You got to win both. Yeah, I mean, this thing is so convoluted. Because, like, you know, there were people talking about, well, the Lakers would be better off losing this game so they mm, avoid this team. Nah, bro. No. no. Nah, bro. No. And let me tell you something, okay? Having been around both teams yesterday, the Clippers and the Lakers, we asked them those questions, right? We were like, you know, would you rather do this to that? They're like, man, we just want to get in. Yeah. We just need to keep winning. No, none of these guys can yeah. even figure out the right. form. Nobody can figure right. out the formula. It's, right. like, it's like that scene in The Hangover when the numbers yeah. are going around Zach Galvanakis. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's impossible to figure this 100%. out. A hundred percent. All right, let me go to who's been holding on the longest here. Um, all right, I think it's, oh, Jay. Jay is in Claremont. Jay, don't let Bergman win. <laughs> All right, thank you. Uh, Laura, thank you for uh, picking up the, the phones. Uh, let me say something. Uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis, uh, I think their best days are behind them. Uh, let's be honest, guys. I don't see another championship uh, uh, in their uh, future. So as far as timeline go, um, you know, I hate to play fantasy basketball, but, uh, you know, there's this young man over there wear number seven in the Boston green. Uh, I could see him being paired with Anthony cause their timelines match up as far as age is concerned. Uh, and if we got to say goodbye to LeBron, so be it, you know, I know LeBron is who he is, but, uh, this league is not for 40 year old people running around. This is a young man's league and, and it always has been. And, uh, if you go back, uh, if you study NBA, you know, nobody in their 40s winning championships. So, all right. Thank you for letting me have my say. Yes, sir, have Jay. A- appreciate you. Uh, have a great uh, evening. And here's what I would say. I agree with it as a young man's game. And LeBron looked every much of 38 years old yesterday <laughs> in the first half when he and a guy who had barely played in the last month. But then you saw what the second half looked like. Uh, I don't think LeBron's your problem. Well, LeBron is the problem if he's going to be paired with another superstar that also gets hurt all the time. Right. Like, one or the other probably does need to go if you're going to be looking to do this forward in a sustainable way. Right. Like, I mean, A, there's only so many years you're going to be doing this with LeBron anyway. anyway but right. but you can't, I'm pretty sure you're not going to be able to just trade him anywhere. Oh, no, LeBron is impossible to trade. Right. You would be trading AD. Yeah. But, like, the uh, even... Even this period since AD's come back, and for the most part, he has been really, really good, it's hard to feel confident that that's going to be the thing moving forward. And if LeBron can be where he is right now at this stage of his career, if he's paired up with somebody that you know can carry the majority of that load on a game-to-game That's basis. what he thought he was getting when he signed up with AD. Yes, he did. He thought there is no question. I don't care what anyone tells you. There is no question in my mind that when LeBron sought after AD, he said, there's the guy that's going to get me through the regular seasons and a guy who could be a killer in the postseason because he's a matchup nightmare and we're going to win multiple championships together. Right, but it's not just LeBron who thought that. It was the Lakers. Well, the entire organization, right. for sure. I mean, But I'm saying like that, we all know who made that deal yeah. happen. Okay? Yep. Like, <laughs> that happened because... Well, we saw LeBron right. openly lobbying for AD to be on Correct. this team yes. the entire season before AD eventually Look, was on the team. I've used this phrase before. Okay, with LeBron. He doesn't always just leave breadcrumbs. He leaves the entire loaf. Yep. Okay? And in that scenario, that was wonderful. Well, that was a basket of loaves. Yes. There's nothing subtle about what he was doing. Simon is in West L.A. Simon, don't let Bergman win. Uh, I will try. I will try. 
first I have a question, then I have a, an opinion. Sure. Has LeBron beaten the Clippers with the Lakers? I don't believe so. That's an interesting That's question. Let me take a look. I'd have to look. Yeah. I'm going to look now. Yeah, yeah they, they beat them once in the bubble. Oh, the bubble. Right. Yes, okay, okay. it was in the bubble. That's a good right. call, Lindsay. Yes. Um, okay, so my opinion, and I want to know what you guys think. It seems to me like Beasley has fallen off when he's gone to the bench, and he was playing a lot better when he was a starter, whereas AR seems to do equally well off the bench or starting. So I don't know, like – does Beasley go back to starting and AR goes back to the bench? Because he seems like he can bring so, it on whenever. So he let comes me let in. me tell you what the thought the logic was with that move, okay? Because I legitimately have had this conversation with Darvin Ham, okay? So yeah. his thought process was with Beasley, because he's the best shooter on the roster, okay? Even though he's been up and down of late, okay? But he is statistically historically been the yeah. best shooter. Well, he's also the, the only designated volume three point correct, shooter. Correct. Correct. So the logic was with the starting group, he's probably only going to get one out of every five touches, right? Um, and in there, in a given possession, on a you know, by possession, right? Every five possessions, he's probably going to get a shot up. Whereas with the second group, he's it's probably going to be one out of every three that he's going to be able to get a shot up. Um, and that's but the with way that starting. Sorry to interrupt. With yeah. that starting group, isn't he going to be more wide open, whereas he has to like create his own shot with the second group? Um, no, because that second group will also still have some starters on it, right? Like it's not only going to, you know, it's not a hockey substitution. You I know, mean, look, the truth okay. is Malik Beasley, for the most part, has not played particularly well, whether he's been starting or coming Correct. off the bench. Yeah. I mean, in all honesty, that's yeah. the okay. truth. Yeah. And then what was the other thing? Alrighty. No, that was it. The first one was I was going to ask if LeBron had beaten I'm the looking it up. I'm okay. looking it up it. so far. Other than that bubble, I'm not seeing anything, but I'm going to keep must- going back. What was that, AK? Um, Sorry, I hung up on somebody Laura was talking to. If you were the guy talking to Laura, call back because I... It's I, okay. I, it I was up. Angela. Sorry. Oh, okay. Angela! Angela! Okay. Angela. Call back, Angela. I've got confirmation. Confirmation. It wasn't just the win inside the bubble. There okay. was, it didn't happen. Remember, March. it was the weekend before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Oh, when they played Milwaukee, too. Yep. Yeah. That's they, what Angela wanted to say. They played Milwaukee and the Clippers. Well, but so they. It was, but the most recent was the bubble, so Lindsay was right about the most it recent It was one. the most recent. Yeah. And but right before that as well. Yes. There's been a lot. Of, I got to tell you, there's been a lot of losses before those wins, It's too. okay. Yeah. It has not been pretty. We got yeah. banners. Yeah. It's true. They got selfies. Just saying. But they've also won 11 in a row. It's okay. Yeah. Eight, seven, they got seven, street lights, not spotlights. Eight, seven, 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 ten, ESPN, eight, seven, 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 ten, three, seven, seven, six. Um, the scheduling conversation. A lot of people did not like that as I was listening to Saliwa's post game yesterday. Let's dive into that a little bit. More of your calls. Don't let Bergman win. Eight, seven, 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 ten, ESPN, eight, seven, 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 ten, three, seven, seven, six. Back in two minutes. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now, Andy, you will be better to have this conversation with because I'm not the biggest Pink Floyd guy, but another brick in the wall part one. What was that? Another brick in the wall part one? I forgot. I used to know this album backwards and forwards. Okay. I've not listened to it. I've in listened so to this long. album, honestly, probably more than most in my life. Okay. Because that's all my dad ever listened so to. So, what was part one? Okay, I'm looking it up right now. It was, I no, think this, it was like is, the, this is another brick in the wall part one. No, no, no. It was like the slower one. It's like a it's like a ballad, I guess you would call it. Oh, okay. It's a completely oh, different yeah, the, song. The, yeah, the the first one is more stripped down, and it's just like it's like the a lyrics spare are guitar. different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Daddy's flown across the. It's because they made that that weird like it was like a soap opera or what what do they call it like an opera but it was a a, a video. You yeah. know, back when music videos were a thing, that's where they. Did oh, the, I mean, well, the, there was a full length movie. Yeah. The wall. Right. Yeah. 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 I, used, I saw hell. it at a planetarium once. Oh, aided? oh, that would be awesome. Were you were you aided? Perhaps. <laughs> I was a young, young, young person <laughs> at that time. Yeah. Th this is an album that just reeks of laser show. Oh, yeah. Remember when laser yeah. shows were the thing? Yeah. Well, it, you know. I, I mean, I'm a child. Of, I'm a teenager of the 90s, right? So, like, there was... I mean, that was there's sort of the tail end of the laser show era. Right. Well, because the internet had not really become a thing yet, mm -hmm. right? Once AOL became a thing in, the, like, the early to mid-90s and, like, you know, AS, ASL, you know, age, sex, location oh, wow. in the chat rooms became a thing. Oh you know what I love watching? Do you ever watch those CNN documentaries they do of the 80s, oh, the 90s, yeah. those the 2000s? Are great. Those are all produced by Tom Hanks. Um, it, it, they are incredible to watch. And if you watch the one of the dawn of the internet, it's it's incredible. It's a really good documentary. I mean, they're on HBO Max, so you can watch them all. Oh, they're they're fantastic. Yeah. They're super entertaining. Yeah, but I like watching all of them, even like the 60s and 70s and stuff. I'm kind of a little bit of a history buff in that sense. Like, I just like to know stuff that from before I was born. Um, but yeah, the, the internet one is great, but you guys will never know unless you know never ab about AOL. Never. I, I literally told Andy, sorry, Andy, uh, when you were saying AOL, I'm like ASL. I was like, if you don't know, you don't know. You don't know. You don't know. I, my daughter one time when she was like five or six. Do you remember we used to dial up to get on oh, the internet? Dial up. Oh, remember? <laughs> if you were going to go on, you're going to go on the net, could not use your landline. Andy, I told Welcome. my guy this once before, but I once like racked up when I was like, I was probably in like seventh grade, racked up like a $7,000 phone bill because I yeah, accidentally so changed charge the, you. yeah, I accidentally changed the uh, dial hours. line. Yeah, the damn so, like, disc with the free hours. Oh yeah, the disc the CD with the hours. With the oh. hours. You, you put, kids don't know. You'd put in your CD-ROM. Yeah, you kids, Cody, you don't know my, what it was like at the beginning. My daughter. You think Wi-Fi on an airplane <laughs> is expensive? Ooh. You have no idea. Like, What's a CD? When she was like five or six, my daughter one time asked me what I used to watch on Netflix when I was a little boy. <laughs> and when I explained to her that there was no, no such thing state. as Netflix, yeah. she gave me this look of like pity. What? Yeah. No, it wasn't even oh. like confusion. Yeah. It was like sadness at the thought of childhood without Netflix. Yeah. Well, I had to, I remember the first time my daughter was old enough to understand, like we're watching TV and there was commercials on, she's used to streaming or whatever was on her tablet. Right. And she's like, wait, the show, we can't just keep watching the show. I'm like, no, there's a commercial on, this is TV. Or like, little kids yeah. do Ooh, not. Ooh, that's funny. <laughs> that generation does not understand the concept of not 
literally everything is on demand. Right. Yeah, that you can't just watch it at any given time. Right. That was the other part of the equation was, I want to watch Paw Patrol. And I'm like, it's not on right now. And like we had like, I don't know, something was wrong with like the streaming service it was normally on. It was like not loading properly. And I was like, oh my God, I need Paw Patrol. They don't understand that at all. But then I just realized, oh, DirecTV probably has that on like a Nickelodeon like on-demand thing. So I found it there. Well, that period though, in between like on-demand starting out and there being an an individual channel app for everything, that could be really hairy with little kids. Oh my God, it was insane. Um, All right, we're going to do Radio Tinder in about 10 minutes. Blake Harris will talk Dodgers with us, our Dodger insider at 545 as he does every Thursday. But let's take a look at this. All right. What do you think Laker fans actually want here? Because I I was listening to the gentleman who called from Claremont. I believe his name was Jay. And he was kind of basically like saying, like, we got to trade LeBron or, you know, or whatever and get Jalen Brown or whatever. First of all, I don't think the Celtics are trading anybody to the Lakers. I could be wrong, but I don't think that's happening. It's been a minute since it's happened. Yeah. So, but what do you think Laker fans actually want here? Like, do you think they, because we were talking about the guy who was screaming at LeBron and yelling at LeBron about, the championship and the bubble championship and Kobe wearing the Kobe jersey and all that. Like, what do you think Laker fans actually want out of this team this year? Like, what do you think they think would be, they'd be okay with? Well, I mean, they won. Oh, championship, championship, that's obvious. I think they want to see just respectability. They want to see return to respectability because the LeBron era has been, in all honesty, underwhelming. Agreed. And it's been weird. Yeah. It's been weird. Weird. By the way, if I would have told you Pop quiz that Solomon Hill would have derailed the Lakers potential dynasty with LeBron. If that would, there's no chance he was on your bingo card because they were 22 and six when he, and the one seed Mm -hmm. off a championship when Solomon Hill rolled LeBron's leg ankle and LeBron was never the same that year. That's his Wikipedia entry right there. That's all you're going to know about Solomon Hill. Hill. Rolled LeBron's ankle and basically ruined the potential back-to-back championship for the Lakers. But I, I think just Laker fans want to feel excited about what they're rooting for, if possible, attached to what they're rooting for. But I think that actually gets to that last caller about getting rid of LeBron and being like practical about it, but also kind of casual about it. Yeah, this is a mercenary team. Yes, like there's nobody other than Austin Reeves who is maybe Max Christie down the line, that's like homegrown no. in any way. Yeah. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, but that is like true rooting for the laundry. Yeah. And this is coming off a franchise that had, I mean, not just Kobe, like a five-time championship, one of the all-time greats. I've never seen a fan base in any sport, any city, any team, more attached to a player than this fan base with Kobe. Agreed. And LeBron was always going to be a mercenary in 100%. some respect. LeBron is a mercenary everywhere but Cleveland. Right. And, th- and again, there's nothing necessarily wrong no, with that. None, none of it. But it's a different experience. Right. And I think Laker fans just want to feel attached to a lot of what's going on. Right. In some way. Right. Beyond just being excited by, let's go in the playoffs. But how does that happen, is my question. I don't know. I don't think there's an answer to that. I don't know. Yeah. Because the Lakers aren't in a position right now to really make it happen. Yeah. Speaking of Solomon, Solomon in Lake Balboa. Hello, Solomon. Yeah, hi. This is not the Solomon that rolled LeBron's uh, ankle there. So Good to know. I just want to make sure of that. Yes. A couple of things, guys, of what you've been talking about. First about the Clippers and then about the Lakers. As far as the Clippers are concerned, after last night's game, I talked to Slee and I said, I'm so sick and tired of losing to the Clippers. They did this without Paul George, and I don't want to see them in the postseason. 
because they will probably kick the Lakers' butts. They cannot beat this team. It is pathetic. Secondly, regarding the Lakers and LeBron, you mentioned that question about scheduling. Uh, memo to LeBron and AD, this ain't the bubble. You're not going to be isolated. No travel. And what do they get, two months off? I don't know how far they're going to get with the grind of the regular playoffs now. So one caller was saying, well, as long as they get in, they're good. Wait and see. I'm, I'm not so sure of that, okay? All right, Solomon. Thank you, buddy. Um, yeah, look, the whole thing is a crapshoot in the West, which is why they actually have a chance, in my opinion, and the fact that you, you've seen what LeBron and AD can be at their best when they're healthy, which is a big question mark because, as you pointed out, from the beginning of this show over an hour ago is never really a thing that happens for very long. All right, I stand corrected, by the way. Uh, there's nothing in Solomon Hill's Wikipedia entry about rolling there LeBron. There should be. There really ought to be. Yeah. I mean, you ruined Solomon Hill. <laughs> a Laker fan will go in there and cha- Solomon Hill ruined the back-to-back really- back chances of the Lakers by rolling LeBron's It leg. really should be yeah. in there. Yeah. Like, get on it, Laker fan. Fans who are, I guess, proficient with Wikipedia. Let's go to River in Anaheim. River, what's up? What's up, guys? How you doing? Good. Don't let Bergman um, win. Be a good caller. Don't let Bergman win. I know. So I just want to say how the Lakers are doing this year. Their chemistry is a little off. And, you know, the AD injuries, all that. But I just want to say one thing about LeBron. He's a great player. I know he's 38 years old. But I just love to see him play a little more defense here and there. That's just, like, my only issue. And then Velo's in and out of game, you know. So that's that. And then with the Clippers, I guess that's just one of those teams that just has our number. And hopefully we don't get them in the playoffs. Yeah, look, I, I think the, the thing with defense, um, I would say this, and I've said this for a long time. I mean, basically from like 2014 on, LeBron has played defense selectively, okay? And I think a lot of players do that, because, particularly in the regular season because of the burden that they carry. Yeah. Um, and I think if you saw Lindsay and I have had this conversation, I don't think Laker fans, I mean, they saw it in the bubble, right? But it's different in the bubble because as for all the reasons we've already alluded to, but Lindsay, the Laker fans have not seen playoff Playoff LeBron, LeBron. right? Yeah, they haven't. And like that guy that just called, like, I want to be like, well, I don't know. I don't know about LeBron in the playoffs. Just wait. Just wait till you see LeBron but in the playoffs. But here's the thing, though. But can he be playoff LeBron like you and I remember I so. at 38? I, I don't think so, but I would not put it past them, to be honest. This I think the, we'll see a game or two. This is the thing, though. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I hear a lot of people treat it like it's a given because they're they're using LeBron's playoff pass. Correct. LeBron well, 38 is different. Right. Yeah. But also, he has not had an extended playoff run that didn't count a three-month break for a pandemic. Since 2018. 2018. That's yeah. a long time. When he almost wanted to launch J.R. Smith into the moon. Yeah. 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 Great. I still say to this day that if J.R. Smith had not made that mistake, and they they would they could have, no. should have, would have no. won that game, and it would have changed NBA history forever. Stop. He never would have gone to L.A. None of this would be. No, would stop. Be this they weren't winning. Right they now. weren't beating Kevin Durant. Okay, whatever. He's still a lot of J.R. back on the team, though, a couple years later with the Lakers. He did. He did. He did. But they weren't beating Kevin Durant. Come on. Get out of here. No. Uh, David in L.A. David. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Good. Don't let Bergman win. Never, never. But I just had a quick point about the Clippers, because it's funny how you guys said that LeBron plays defense selectively. Well, I feel like the Clippers select to play good against the Lakers every single time they match up. And if I'm being honest with you, uh, I don't think it's sustainable the way the Clippers played against the Lakers last night. I mean, in a seven-game series, is Norman Powell going to average 27 points a game? Absolutely not. Is Russell Westbrook going to hit two three-pointers in the first quarter? 
No, no way. Seven to ten is such a three. I mean, they found a bunch of different ways to beat. I mean, they've won eleven in a row, right? I mean, they they have won a lot of different. It hasn't always been Norman Powell scoring twenty seven. You know. No, absolutely. I agree. <laughs> they, they've thrown a little variety in the mix. We did win that game in the bubble. Right. No, it's a long time ago, dog. That's what I'm saying. You know, David, I, I appreciate I appreciate your positivity. And look, I think a caller said this earlier. The law of averages eventually has to kick well, in. they got to win one of them. Here's the thing, too. The way this thing most likely breaks... If this becomes a problem for the Lakers, it's likely because they're meeting the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. If that happens, you know what? Take our chances from there. Yeah. If this team gets the Western Conference Finals, I'm going to feel pretty good. Sure. If you're that far, what (laughs) the hell? Why not? I'm with you there. But I'm just like, yo, the the loss yesterday was huge because in the play-in, it just makes it so much more difficult. All right. One more here before Radio Tinder. Uh, we'll continue taking your calls. You guys have done a good job. You have not let Bergman win. Paul is in Fountain Valley, the home of the 710 Pickleball Challenge. Paul, do not let Bergman win. What do you got? What's up, guys? Hey, I just one thing, man. Why didn't they play the dogs off the bench? Why didn't they let the young bugs that have been sitting for so long play? I'm like, hey, if, if, if the Clippers are putting out their young guys, why aren't we putting them out? Because their young guys are in the rotation. Man, I mean, that's the reason why. You don't... You don't just throw Max Christie cold. He hasn't played in like yeah. a month. Mo Bamba hasn't played in like a month. Well, you're coming off an injury too. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's not how you do this. Yeah. All right. Radio Tinder is coming up in two minutes. You guys have not let Bergman win for 90 minutes. We have 90 more to go. Okay. Radio Tinder is our halftime. We'll take more of your calls. We'll continue this discussion. Blake Harris is going to stop by. We'll talk Dodgers with him. Keep it coming. 710 ESPN. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Wow, there you go. This is quite quite a jam. I was yeah. hoping he would, he would play this one for Radio Tinder. By the way, a few months ago, we talked about the, uh, the documentary about this, the Barney one. Yeah. That stuff got real dark real fast. Oh, I bet. I tell you. I've heard. I haven't seen it, but I heard. It's uh, it, it, it's a decent watch. Yeah, yeah, it was very interesting. But yeah. yeah, I was I was a fan of Barney. Good thing that you're, you guys, your kids are too old for Barney, I think. I mean, They're too, too young, young for Barney. For Barney. Yeah. Right. My niece, yeah. who's like in, like in, you know, just graduated college, was like a Barney kid. We well, made a conscious choice with our daughter that we were not going to play like children's music with her. We were going to play real music around her if she happened to get into stuff like Barney or whatever. We weren't going to stand in the way, but we were not going to introduce that to our daughter. And as a result, my daughter has incredible music taste for a 12-year-old. 
It's good. I will say that they. I I did find out they're um, re-releasing or like rebooting Barney. No, she's too old for that now. She won't care. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) Someone in your family will. What do you got, Lindsay? I better not have any other kids, Lindsay. (laughs) That you know about. Just kidding. Just kidding. The inaugural pickleball slam went off without a hitch on Sunday as the quote, fastest growing sport in the U.S., put together a top 10 ratings performance in key TV demographics. And by the way, this is the one with Agassi and McEnroe and Roddick and Michael Chang, right? Correct. Yeah. Exactly. So that broadcast, which features the showdown involving those tennis lynchages that you just mentioned, um, it garnered some strong ratings, averaging nearly 800,000 viewers during the doubles final at one point. To put that into context, the Pickleball Slam outdelivered 13 nationally televised MLB games, wow. seven M. NBA matchups in five NHL, NHL games. So that's a pretty big deal. Dude, I need to get invested in a pickleball team. That's it. I'm in. You do? Yeah. Um. So that leads me to ask you guys, will we eventually see the major pickleball league regularly broadcast matches on TV? Swipe left or swipe right? So I don't know. I think the novelty of those guys being involved, I think, is part of it. I think if you can combine a situation where there's a there's tournament play with more you know current players who want to play pickleball at a very high level and you have the novelty act as well maybe in between or before or after or whatever also involved in the broadcast i think that it could be a sustainable model it's fun to play and it's fun to watch right and if you're getting people like Tom Brady involved in investing, LeBron yeah. involved yeah. in investing, there's going to be other high profile investing. Steve Nash i think is also yeah, yeah. it I could see the thing taking off. Like yeah. it's not. I think it's not by accident. And it's fast. Yes. It's, yeah. It, we like fast. Yeah. Look at what baseball just right. did. It'd be faster. Yeah. Agreed. All right. What's next? All right. So even twenty-five years later, uh, Diddy says that he's still paying for Sting for sampling every breath you take yeah. on his hit. I'll be missing you. Two grand a day. Well, actually, so the, this re this interview from twenty eighteen resurfaced on Twitter over the past couple of days, and then yesterday, Diddy decided to correct him. Uh, and his tweet went viral because he said, quote, nope, 5K a day. Love Whoa. to my brother Sting. And I guess the two are actually like really good friends. So, That's what he said. We became very good friends after that. Yeah. yeah. So him paying $5,000 a day means that obviously this hit is still raking in a whole bunch of cash for Diddy because of royalties, right? So do you think that $5,000 a day is worth it for Diddy to have the success of that song, I'll Be Missing You? Swipe left or swipe right? Andy, you go first. Swipe right. That yeah. song was massive, massive for yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. Like, think of everything that's come for Diddy afterwards and all the different non-music opportunities that he's had. He had a little he had a little bit of the acting bug going right. on he for a while. He did that movie, Get Him to the Greek. Did, right. Get he him was to the in Greek. that movie. He was in Monster's <laughs> Ball. He was right. actually really good. He was good in Monster's Ball, yeah. Like, but Get Him to the Greek, he was hilarious. Yes, he was, actually. Yeah. yeah playing himself yeah, he was yeah. very he was yeah. very funny yeah. it was absolutely worth it and yeah. also the song could not possibly have worked without that sample it was the sample yeah the and, song was and, literally only the and sample. by the way it's i know there's a lot of money but when you think about the popularity of the song and what it has spawned after in the i mean he's basically close to a billionaire right it's 1.825 million dollars a year that's is what nothing. he's paying for. for but in diddy's world that's nothing that's worth it every single time He's actually he. I want. I would love to know what Diddy pays in sampling fees a year because it's not just Sting that he's sampled. Like he's done a lot. Like Mo Money, Mo Problems, 
Oh, that's heavy... a good that that was like that was back in the day. All those songs like right. those are great. But it was heavy sampling. Oh, jam. It was oh, yeah. Heavy, heavy. Sample. I mean, listen, there were a lot of uh, sampling has actually helped. I think it helps the original artist. Sure. Because it allows you to go, oh, I want to hear the original song, too. Well, there was that period, though, yeah. where it got really sticky because a lot of a lot of artists right. weren't paying. There the was uh, um, De La well, Soul just recently got put on like Spotify and stuff because all the sampling lawsuits and stuff like that finally got settled yeah but like an album like paul's Bo- ba- paul's boutique by the beastie boys yeah you couldn't make that now right it would be way too expensive it's yeah. all just sample after sample after sample right and who was uh robin um robin thick thick right got uh got sued by the marvin gay um estate right yeah because yeah. uh because yeah. lord lines, lines was yeah. got to give it up by the yeah. way when they were denying that that song wasn't inspired yeah. by Got to Give It Up. The first time I heard it, yeah. I actually thought it was a remake of I've Got, Got to, to Give It Up. Because it was so it was right. so on yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, what was it that, uh, who was it that Vanilla Ice got sued by? Queen. Oh, Queen. Queen, well, right. Queen. The ding, right. ding, ding, and, ding, ding, Yeah, and Cappy's like, no, it's different. It's ding, 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 dig a doom, doom. Instead okay. of ding, 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 dig a dum, dum. Okay. Yeah. Cappy may say that. <laughs> you can find this on YouTube. This yeah, is the we, funniest we thing. We have a clip of it, of Vanilla Ice actually saying <laughs> that. Yes. And the only difference is like, do, 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 He's like, it's not yeah, the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like one little in between. It's too funny. It's pretty hilarious. Is that before or after he got held? out the window by, by uh, Suge. Suge Knight. Yeah. I think it was before. Nothing yeah. nothing for him was ever the same after that. Yeah. Um, anyway. All right. What? One more? All right. So uh, actress Jenny Garth shared what was meant to be a joyous photo of her youngest daughter, Fiona, on her 16th birthday, candidly posing with her birthday gift, a new white BMW. She wrote, happy new car, baby girl. And she said, make sure that you stay safe and gave a shout out to the company that she got it from. Shortly after she shared the photos, some Instagram users began passing judgment on her for buying such an expensive first car. When your daughter turns 18, you guys both are 16, I'm sorry, you guys both have daughters. Will you buy her a new car? Swipe left or swipe right, Sedano? Swipe left. Because when you're a 16-year-old, hell, even when you're an 18-year-old, 20-year-old, you're going to do stupid stuff to the car. You're going to scratch it. You're going to dent it. You're going to you, you do stupid stuff. I did it. Everybody does it. I'm. It's going to be a a used car for sure. Absolutely. Yes. My daughter's going to be getting a used car. They're, a 16-year-old does not need a new car. Correct. Like, there's no reason, much less like a brand new high-end BMW. Right. Like, that's more, especially when you're putting that on social, that's more about yourself yeah. than the gift to your daughter. Right. You know, I saw a really funny post. Um, one, I forget who it was, but some famous rapper, they bought their daughter a Tesla and she wanted a Mercedes, but they bought her a brand new Tesla because her mom said she thought it was safe, blah, 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 blah. So then when the daughter complained about the Tesla, like, no, I wanted a Benz. The dad took it back and bought her like a Ford Focus instead and said, here, drive good, that. Good. good. Good for that guy. Yeah. Ford Focus taking strays. Yeah. Nothing wrong with Ford Focus. I love a Ford hey, Focus. Hey, that's my that's my old car. I'm just saying, yeah. you know, compared to a Tesla. You can get your Ford Focus at Fullerton Ford, by the way. Go to nice. FullertonFordOC.com. Nicely done. All right. Go see my guy, Honest Abe. All right. Uh, Radio <laughs> Tinder is presented by Tequila Mandala. Always swipe right on Tequila Mandala. Award-winning small right batch there. premium sippy tequila made from the finest mature agaves. Available everywhere fine tequilas are sold. Visit their website, TequilaMandala.com. Demand the extraordinary with Tequila Mandala. All right, let me take one call here, and then I will get to Blake Harris here. Craig has been holding on for a very long time. Craig, what do you got? I'm just going to comment on the LeBron AD situation. As long as LeBron's still in L.A., AD's always going to be a little brother. He's never going to have full control over the, over the Lakers and be the 
a type A guy. He's always going to be put back in the type B situation. It's kind of tough. The other thing I think, it's actually time to move past LeBron. Well, you just signed him to an extension, so it's going to be hard to move past him. I, I know that, yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, he is, he is pushing 40. No, I, I get it. Time, yeah. I yeah. I'm actually surprised he signed the extension. I mean, if, if we're being honest, like, I, if I were him, I'd be, like, I get it. He likes it here. Like, I get it. I, I'm here. I, I've been here seven years now. I get it. You've been here how long? 20? 30. 30? Yeah. So, like, I get it. But I, I was stunned that he signed the extension when he could have. Now, I think it was the, in, the, in the best interest for this reason. Um, a, he gets his money. Uh, but B, it also then shuts down the entire season of, hey, LeBron, you're a free agent. Hey, LeBron, you're a free agent. Hey, LeBron, you're a free agent. If, if you know you're going to stay at the end of the day. Then just sign it. Right. Just get it off your plate. Right. And then you protect also, like you said, yourself against some type of injury that, frankly, is not out of the question at LeBron's age with that kind of mileage. Yeah. The He did bring up, though, an interesting point. It is awkward trying to take the proverbial baton yeah. from the alpha male. Right. It is hard. That is an awkward thing. When you have a guy who, as we've already talked about, we can reiterate at the top of the hour a little bit where, we, where we've been today uh, in this discussion with AD that is so hard on himself and can, you know, this is my phrase, kind of get in his own head a little bit, it seems well, like. Well, I remember like with with Dwight 1.0, that first experience yeah. when he played with Kobe, Powell, right. Nash. Yeah, yeah. I remember hearing from Laker fans all the time saying, like, Dwight needs to just demand that Kobe pass that torch. Yeah. I'm like, you guys realize it's not an actual torch, yeah, right? Like, <laughs> this is a metaphor. Like, right, we're not, we're not, this isn't the Olympics. Right, not people running to different stations. Right, you don't, yeah. you know, sit down and sign over ownership, like with a, you know, a notary and they stamp <laughs> the thing. I'm like, Kobe is going to be handing over that torch yeah. when he's good and ready, which yeah. means when he's no longer playing. Yeah. By the way, notaries. Still a thing it in 2023. Still yeah. Still a thing. There are still things that you need a notary yeah. that stamp that seal. Good, good for those people. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's good for those one people. One of the few industries that the pandemic did not affect Or that you could still go, technically, although you could go to like a FedEx or a UPS store or one of those places. They have notaries there. Too, you need, so. you need though, yeah. the, the position. Yes. The job You have to get exists. it. Yeah. 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 You have to go get it. All right. 877 ESPN. An hour and 45 minutes. You have not let Bergman win. Good job, callers. Good job. Shove it, Bergman. Eat it. All right? <laughs> Blake Harris, our Dodger Insiders, next. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seen probably too many things. Got to be honest with you. Ain't I grew hard. up in the 80s. Ain't hard to see him in Miami in the 80s. Cocaine wars. You ever seen Cocaine Cowboys? <laughs> yes. Yep, I have. I lived that. 
not directly, but during that time. <laughs> you, you were a kingpin? I was not. Not at seven years old or whatever. No, it's not. That were you involved be, in like the speedboat racing? That would be an excellent. Oh, so that one, that movie is great. Uh, that's the that's like a docu-series that they did. Because even LeBron tweeted about it. I think it was on during the pandemic or something like that. Um, that was um, that was like a cocaine cowboys like, yeah, docu-series. But I, I was not. I was is that not the one Billy Corbin did? They're all the Billy Corbin. Okay. Yeah, they're all Billy Corbin. Um, the docu-series is actually even better. Um, to Lindsay's point, that's the one about the racing, all the racing boats, everybody, all these drug dealers. Like it wasn't the biggest tell in the world, right? Like it's crazy. We all have racing boats, right? <laughs> it's kind of funny. I mean, and the are... feds like knew all about it too, but they couldn't yeah. do anything about it, right? Yeah, there are uh, there are a lot of criminals that, frankly, are just stupid. Yeah. By, by the way, Blow is a great movie. I Blow love is a movie. great movie. Blow is a good movie. Yeah, love it. Yeah. I hated Penelope Cruz in that she movie though. Really She's so good odd. in it though. I hated her though. That was, you know, there's only two movies I've hated her in. Like, and I don't mean that, like, I actually hated her, but just, like, her character was like, oh, I can't believe, like, it's the, she got the reaction that she wanted. She's truly awful as a character in that movie. That movie? And also? No, actually, it's the opposite. Vanilla Sky, she was the person I liked. It was, um... Cameron, Cameron Diaz. Diaz that I didn't like in that yeah. movie. Yeah, the character was like, ugh, it was awful. The woman who plays uh, George's mom, who also she's in, oh, what is she in, Casino maybe? Or oh, Goodfellas? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. she's so in Blow, her, yeah. like, she, her character's awful. All right, let's get to Blake Harris. Hit the music. All right, I don't know why we didn't do this earlier, as you pointed this out on social media. Um, but you, so tell people the genesis of this song. Crank it, Laura. Oh, this is fantastic. Here it comes. There we go. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I mean, this is perfect. This is the perfect intro music. I feel like I'm coming out of the bullpen in the ninth inning with 56,000 just screaming at the top of their lungs. Oh, perfect. And this this would be your satisfaction. This would be your trot out music, Blake? I think it might have to be. It's it Benny Benassi, be. man. You don't know Benny Benassi satisfaction? I do not. I do not. You're not an EDM guy at I'm all? I'm not an EDM guy. Oh, see, this is, there were some, I mean, you want to talk about some, uh, what Morales oh, was no, saying, no, 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 some no, late no. nights, I, I've seen some crazy things happen. Oh, I, I mean, I have, Benny Benassi's I have been to places where EDM plays. I know what happens. I'm just saying yeah. not my jam. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, right. When the Dodgers win every day, you basically are a fake DJ. You post a video of you uh, being a fake DJ with like uh, actual bottles instead of, uh, you know, records and buttons uh, where you play this song and you and your friends are acting like DJs in a DJ booth. Uh, every time the Dodgers win, you post that uh, video up on Twitter, correct? Yeah, so I post this video up after every Dodger win. But, George, I, I wish that was me in the video. It looks like you. That's why actually, I thought it was you. It, <laughs> it's three random dudes. Now, apparently, I, I've tried to do some investigative journalism on this. Apparently, the dude in the middle is some massive, massive superstar over in Europe that has, like, millions and millions of followers. And I, I've tr I'm going to try to somehow see if I can get those three together to form some sort of Dodgers version because of how this video has taken off. I mean, I think since I started posting this, this video has been seen by, I think, like, seven or eight million people, so... I'm going to try my best to see if I can get a Dodger version of it going. Yeah, right. I'm seeing him right now. 
It's hilarious. Boy, that that guy who's spinning the bottle playing the DJ, that is a pencil thin mustache, man. Yeah, it is. It's great. That's why I thought there was like a young ver- I thought there was a young you, Blake Harris. Uh for people that don't know what we're talking about with this video, if you go to the Sedano and Cap Circle of Trust, our our Twitter community in Twitter, you have to apply. We have to approve you. We don't just let anybody in. Um, because I try to keep the bots out. The bots were starting to take over until I closed the the lock on this thing. So get in there, and you can see all this stuff and all the shenanigans and the nonsense we do in there, including uh, Lindsay today uh, using the Barbie memes uh, with uh, people on the show. But anyway, Blake, let's talk Dodgers here. Um, all right, so first week, what do you make of it? Uh, first week. Now, if you were to say they'd go four and two, I think a lot of people would take that. I mean, that's a projection. I think of 108 wins over the course of the season, some frustrating losses in there because they were both winnable games for the Dodgers. So, you know, honestly, this could be a six and zero start to the season for, you know, the Dodgers, but overall I'll take it. I think the D backs, like I've talked about this off season are going to be a better team than a lot of people are expecting. So overall, uh, very satisfied with the uh, four and two starts of the season. Uh, Dylan Hernandez over at the LA Times has a piece out right now about how Will Smith is maybe too low-key personality-wise to be a superstar, but he is a superstar whether you consider him that way or not. What do you see as Will Smith's upper end? Like, how, how great of a career do you picture this guy having? Yeah, I mean, that's the crazy thing with Will Smith because a couple years ago when he was coming up through the minors, he was expected to be kind of like a defensive catcher and the bat. People weren't really expecting much. And all of a sudden, yeah, he has turned into, I think Dave Roberts even said the other night, one of the three best catchers in all of baseball. And I think Will Smith, he's finally reaching his potential this season. I've always thought he has a chance to be a 30 home run kind of guy. And obviously it's only been six games. You don't want to read too much into it. But I, I honestly think Will Smith can have himself an MVP caliber season uh, for the Dodgers this season, especially at the catcher position, because we don't have valuable of a spot that is. So I think Will Smith can really set some uh, Dodger catching records this season. And he'd be playing even better if he would have gone by the nickname Willie Dills, like we wanted him when that one time he came on the show and he rejected said nickname. I mean, come on. Um, So let me get into the pitching staff. How do you feel about the pitching staff at the moment? I feel a lot better than I did a couple weeks ago when we were talking about it. I mean, every starter has looked fantastic for the Dodgers. I mean, all five guys in the rotation, they've looked the part. Again, everyone's only had one start. Obviously, Julio's had two. And speaking of Julio, I mean, he's already picked up where he left off last season. He's looked fantastic. So, starting rotation has looked very, very good. And overall, I think the bullpen, I'd probably give them like a B so far, a couple of blemishes, but... Overall, I've been very impressed with the Dodgers pitching through the first six games. They've looked like the best overall pitching staff, I think, in the majors. What, if anything, has been the biggest surprise for you, small sample size acknowledged, and what has been, I guess, the the biggest surprise positive, biggest surprise negative? Yeah, I'll, I'll start with the biggest surprise positive, and that's got to be Jason Hayward, because all yeah. offseason we were talking about how Jason Hayward has a revamped swing and he's really going to look good for the Dodgers. And of course, we're all thinking, uh, okay, we'll believe it when we see it because Jason Hayward, he's been kind of washed the last couple of seasons and he has looked like the Jason Hayward of old through the first week of the season. I tweeted this the other night, but he had the second hardest hit ball of his career on a home run on Tuesday night. And it was harder. It was a harder hit ball than any Dodger player had in all of 2022. And, this is a guy that, again, we all thought was washed. And probably the biggest disappointment, I think it's got to be Chris Taylor. 
I mean, as of right now, I believe he only has one hit so far on the season. I think he's like one for 17. It was a home run, though. It was a home run. It was a home run. It was was a massive homer into the wind. So it was a great spot, but he's been just a disappointment because his spring was also very disappointing where he's kind of carried it over. So I still have faith in Chris Taylor because he is hitting the ball hard. His strikeout numbers are down a little compared to last season. So eventually I think things will turn for him. But yeah, as of right now, being one for 17 on the season, uh, not not the most ideal uh, situation for him. What has been the most surprising thing so far in the rest of baseball for you, positively or negatively? I think it's that all of these teams that we were expecting to be playoff contenders have really struggled out of the gate. And the two teams that I'm honestly surprised by have been the Padres and the Mariners. These are two teams that I thought could make a potential deep run late in October. And of course they easily still can, you know, it's only been a week, but seeing, you know, these teams start the season off as slow as they've had, and they've looked pretty bad as well. That's been a little surprising. I guess another surprise as well is the fact that the Angels are looking like one of the best teams in all of baseball. I know we had someone, I think, a couple weeks ago predicting the uh, circle of trust community that the Angels are going to finish with a better record than the Dodgers. So someone might have to go and screenshot that and keep an eye on that the rest of the season. From your perspective, how much do you think the pitch clock is actually affecting players? We talk all the time about how it's affecting the fan experience, but what are you seeing when it comes to the guys actually on the field? I mean, it sounds like from everyone I've heard talk about it, hitters and pitchers, everyone seems to love it, and there hasn't really been any negative feedback on any performance. Now, I don't think there have been any injuries like from pitchers that have been as a result of trying to pitch the ball too fast, so maybe we have to give it a couple more weeks or a couple months to see if anything like that happens. But overall, it seems like the players are loving it. Fans are loving it. I will say, I was at the game in the press box the other night. That was my first game I got to see in person with a pitch clock. Honestly, I didn't even notice it. It felt like a normal baseball game. You know, I looked at the clock when it was over, and it was only like 9.30, 9.35. You could have told me it was 10.15, and I would have believed you. So I think this is probably the biggest W baseball has had in, in quite some time. I'm with you wholeheartedly. I love every aspect of all of this. Blake Harris is our Dodger insider, our baseball insider. He joins us every week on Thursdays at 5.45. Follow him on Twitter, at Blake H. Harris, so there's two H's in there, uh, subscribe to his Substack. okay? Look, the guy's doing the Lord's work there when it comes to covering the Dodgers specifically. Uh, so subscribe to his Substack, Blake Harris Substack. And uh, Inside the Ravine is the podcast for the Dodgers. You Look, we, we got a cleaner version of the song. Crank it, Laura. There's your song. That's it. We yeah, got it can, now. If you follow him on Twitter, you get to see these three fellows uh, DJing with bottles and downing red bull and you know other eight million other people have seen it too so there you go they look a little (laughs) sketchy if i'm being honest yeah they look a little i could have sworn that guy the actual dj was you like 10 years ago (laughs) hey that's all good george and one final thing i'm only 26 years old i I said late 20s early 30s (laughs) i i I did hear the late 20s i actually was having like a discussion with my girlfriend i was like what what officially qualifies as late 20s because i was telling her 28 but she told me 27, which I'll be in a couple months. So, yeah, I, I'm getting old, man. I'm getting old. It happens to the Goodbye, best of us, sir. pal. It happens to the best of us. 26, he's old. Oh, All right, no. pal. We'll see you. All right, appreciate it, guys. Have a great weekend. Thanks, you too. There he is, Blake Harris, every week, Thursdays. All right, coming up next, Charles Barkley said some things about the Los Angeles he Lakers and the Los does. Angeles Clippers. He, he does. He loves yeah. Yeah. to go in on the Lakers. He does, and he did, and you're going to want to hear it. And... 
We've got one more hour to take calls and don't let Bergman win. Be good. Be good. The lines are open now for the most part because people dropped off for the last half hour as we did Tinder and Blake. So you got time now. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. One more hour to go. We'll We'll listen to what Barkley said about the Lakers next.